0: And welcome to Show and Tell with Biggins. This is the podcast where I invite one of my friends to show off three things that tell a story from their lives. My house is full of memorabilia and keepsakes. I've got pictures, paintings, walking sticks. I love my belongings and the stories that are attached to them. That's why in this podcast I'll be asking my guests to share the stories of some of the things that take pride of place in their homes. Big or small, new or old, their selections are completely up to them. And I'm sure that whatever they bring along will strike up some unforgettable conversations. So, without any further delay, it's time to welcome our show and teller, Helen Worth. Helen Worth is the person you will all know as Gail Platt in the ITV soap opera Coronation Street. And in fact... She's played this role since 1974, but there's so much more to Helen than her role in Corrie, as we are about to find out.
1: Helen Worth, darling, how are you? (laughs) Very well, Chris, and it's so lovely to see you. It's lovely to
0: see you and lovely to talk to you as well. Now, listen, how's this pandemic been for you?
1: Oh, Well, I suppose I've been one of the fortunate ones, really. Still working, which is fantastic. Um, ITV's managed to run the street throughout the whole lot. It's not been off at all. And uh, we've been there with our masks on right up until the take. And then we take them off and then it's a shock as who's to there without without the, the mask. And we get on and we've done it. And I think it's brilliant that the whole cast and crew have just managed to keep going somehow. But then I've had lots of time at home with Trevor, my husband, which has also been very nice.
0: Now, Helen, how long? We've known each other such a long time, haven't we?
1: A long, long time, Chris. I don't know how long, but it was round about that time I met you at uh, Stratford East Theatre. I think that was one of the first times. Yes. I can't remember how many years ago. It's a long time ago.
0: I know. Well, we're both so old now. Well,
1: unfortunately. (laughs) I'm glad you brought that up, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) But
0: listen, Helen, the good thing is we're still here.
1: We are. And we're still in there.
0: Now, in this podcast, I've asked you to prepare three things. So, can you give me some clues as to what the first... Because I have no idea what you've brought along.
1: Well, the first clue is very easy. The first clue is feline.
0: Right, so it's your pussy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I didn't think of that one, Chris. (laughs) That was so easy (laughs) you like but it doesn't matter because whatever I said you would say something bad and quickly moving on this doesn't help the next clue is aged (laughs) an aged
0: pussy (laughs) right now is this by
1: any chance would you like the third one because the third one's really good for you what the third clue? Yes, I really don't think okay. I should say it.
0: Go on, say it.
1: Stuffed. <laughs> now,
0: is this is this uh, uh, this pussy black? No. Oh, because I thought perhaps it might have been a black pussy that you've been given for a good luck thing.
1: Well, that's right, really, but it isn't black. <laughs>
0: What colour is it?
1: Well, sort of mangy. Let's have a look. (laughs) Mangy and dirty and dusty, really. I love her very
0: much. Oh, she's gorgeous. Now, how did you come upon this wonderful uh, mangy pussy?
1: This mangy pussy is called called Prudence. And my mother gave her to me as a good luck pussycat when I was about. Five, something like that. And then uh. she stayed with me, as you can see. And uh, I took her when I was in the Sound of Music in London at 12 years old. I took her with me to London to bring me luck. And indeed, that little pearl there is the pearl that was in my coronet in the wedding scene of the Sound of Music. When I was a bridesmaid in The Sound of Music. Well, when I was in The Sound of Music at the Palace Theatre London at 12 years old. And what were you playing? Brigitta. Ah, I'd forgotten you did that. Oh, gosh, can you imagine? 12 years old on the London stage uh, in The Sound of Music. And I was pushed on. I was so scared uh, on on my opening night. I was pushed on and, uh, well, I threw up in the wings first and then I was pushed on. And the light hit me, Chris. Big spotlight, because I made an entrance on my own. And the spotlight hit me and... I thought it was the most, it was warm and it was wonderful and I loved it and carried on from that nine months of absolute heaven and of course I became terribly stage struck from then on.
0: Did you do amateur dramatics before that in, in, at home?
1: Well when I yes well I was a little dancer um all all the time and uh I was always doing fairies on the top of the Christmas tree and things and I didn't do any amateur dramatics no not really because of course I was working full time from 12 years old and uh It didn't stop, lucky me.
0: Can you remember what you were paid when you did uh, The Sound of Music?
1: I think I got... It was a huge amount of money. And I think it was £15 a week. I opened up a post office savings account and I put my wages into my post office savings account every week and took out my rent because, of course, I had to live with a chaperone and took out my dinner money for school and the rest I left in there to save up to take home. I've been doing the same thing ever since. (laughs) I still put my money in my post office savings account and I do my best to save it.
0: No, that is wonderful. Even today.
1: Well, I don't. I don't think they have post office savings accounts anymore, do they? <laughs> We're going back many years, Chris.
0: Oh, that is wonderful. And how long do you do the run for?
1: Nine months, because in those days you just went straight the way through. You didn't have three nights on and three nights off. You carried on, and uh, oh,
0: as a chi- as a child, you mean? As a
1: child, and uh, yes. I did. Uh, I did nine months. And uh, then you had to stop then. You had to have a break. And I went back to Morecambe and uh, I finished my schooling, such as it was. And at 15, I left, came down to London and became an, an actress. Story of my life.
0: Fantastic. Now... It, when you when you were doing this show, it must have been so exciting. How was it living with your uh, this uh, chaperone? Was that all right?
1: Oh, yes. That was Auntie Kit and Uncle Harry. And Uncle Harry had a firing range on Battersea Funfair at the time. So weekends were always fun. But they <laughs> they were so kind to me. But You know, I I lived in Morecambe, I went to London, suddenly I was getting on big red buses to go to the Palace Theatre and looking after myself. They they picked me up, they always picked me up after the show, obviously, but the rest I did and I became an independent little girl.
0: Did you? You must have met and, and become friends with your rest of your cast. Do you still see any? Yes. Of the cast well,
1: um, in fact, we weren't allowed to talk to any of the cast unless they talked to us first. Be, um, no. And we couldn't wear talcum powder because it might get on the singers' throats. And we couldn't <laughs> get in the lifts. We have to walk up. Had to walk up and downstairs. But I made two friends there who I'm still friends with today and see regularly, well, on Zoom at the moment, but we meet up on Zoom regularly. Derek How and fantastic. Steffi. Yeah. And we were all 12. We're all the same. Oh, no, Derek was a couple of years older, I think. But um, we're all about the same age and uh, still meet up.
0: A wonderful start for your career, though, wasn't it?
1: Well... What luck! Actually, it wasn't the f- my first job. My first job was when I was ten, and I was in Zetcar's. Um, that dates me, doesn't it? So that was the first job I did when I was ten. Actually, it wasn't the first job. Was before that when I did a thing <laughs> seen at six thirty and I had to read this passage from a book. It was a news programme, and um, there was a young boy with me as well. And he went first, and as he went on, there was just a silence. We were told to read these things, and there was just this silence and somebody whispering in my ear, read it, Helen, read it, read it. So I did, I read his, and then I read mine. Oh, it's such a sad story as it turned out that the boy couldn't read and he oh, didn't no. he didn't have the nerve to tell anybody. Oh, I don't know where he is today, but I do hope he had a wonderful life and, and all was well because that was a terrible thing to happen to him. We'd been told to learn them at first and I presume he'd learnt it, but then they changed their mind as often happens in telly, and they wanted us to read a different passage and he couldn't do it. Bless him, he couldn't do it.
0: Interestingly enough, so you started at ten. Was your mother and father that were they theatrically
1: bent? I mean did they <laughs> <laughs> No, they were not theatrically bent, Christopher <laughs> But they did have a big a boarding house and that was filled uh, every summer with singers and dancers and magicians and dancing oh, girls and wonderful. from from the end of the pier and of course i was rivet. i just loved i used to see every show they let me sneak in to every uh, performance and i just watched them all and that's of course where it all came from there's no business like show. <laughs> um, show business and the, yeah and the opening song was uh, may time let's have a gay time for this is may time i must confess with a song and a jest or two always smiling and never blue i knew the whole show off by heart <laughs>
0: Ah, uh-huh. oh, The only reason I said was, you, "Did your parents have a theatrical bent?" Was how did you know that the television was calling you in those early days? How did you get that audition to go along?
1: Uh, well, I used to dance uh, in, in competitions. And uh, there was an adjudicator. They adjudicated you. And um, as to who was first, second and third in the competition, (laughs) I was not very (laughs) often first. But there was one of the adjudicators who must have seen something. And when this audition came up for um, Z Cars, she put me forward. And I went forward and I Got the job. I mean, how does that happen? I just got nice. the job. fantastic. Yeah.
0: Talent will out, Helen.
1: Luck will out, I think.
0: <laughs> Fascinating way, though, to get into the business. And, of course, you've done so well. Look, I, we, I've got a lot more to talk about, but can you give me now three more clues for your next item?
1: My next item is gnarled. Yes. Tactile. Right. And superstitious again.
0: Is this something else you were given by someone when you were in the business?
1: Yes. I was. Amanda Barry gave it to me uh, when we were in Roy's Rolls together, only it was Jim's Cafe then. And I was always touching wood. Ah, and it's a piece of gnarled wood? It's a little piece of gnarled wood that she gave me. And it is just, look, perfect. It just fits perfectly. So I could hold it in my hand and always be lucky.
0: Ah, how nice. Amanda is such a nice woman, isn't she? Oh,
1: she's fabulous. And we worked together so happily for so many... I, I, texted her actually to tell her that I was using this and was that all right and she was delighted and she's she's happily locked down in Somerset
0: uh and so what Roy's roles I've, I've got a I, I well it was called remember. Jim's cafe right and who was Jim
1: Jim was Alma's husband we never saw him oh right but Alma and I worked in the cafe together and then um Roy bought it from us Must have been when Amanda left, I think, but I I can't quite remember then.
0: And who was Roy?
1: Roy! Roy, who's in the show now? David Nielsen. Oh! Oh, you're talking about Coronation Street? Er, yes. (laughs) Yes.
0: I thought I I thought it was a situation comedy called Rolls. No,
1: no. no. When when I would. Oh, oh, sorry, no. Of course, I'm sorry. I know. I did do a few sitcoms before I did the Street, but no, no. When we we were in Roy's Rolls together.
0: Now tell me something. How did you get Coronation Street?
1: It was my third attempt at being auditioned for Coronation Street. And I'm very pleased it was the third attempt because that was Gail. And I'm glad I didn't play the two previous ones. And 46 years, I'm still playing her, still having fun. And, um, well, it's just wonderful, isn't it?
0: Helen, you must be one of the, uh, how can I put this? Uh, The longest uh, reigning member of
1: the company. Well, that was kind of the oldest,
0: Chris.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Actually, um, Bill Roach is, of course, the uh, longest service member at 60 years. And then Barbara Knox is the second longest serving member. And I'm the third longest serving member.
0: Did you think all those years ago when you joined Coronation Street that you'd still be doing it in 2021?
1: No, how could I possibly, Chris? I mean, actors do a bit and then move on, don't they? But I just never felt the need or wanted to move on. I was always having such a good time. And I did like working and I didn't like being out of work. And uh, so having been offered a job, which it was only for six episodes in the first place, but <laughs> they just kept asking me back, and, um, and which suited me because I could do other jobs in, in, in between. But eventually they said, no, you decide now, you either leave or you stay. So um, I stayed and I've never regretted it.
0: Never. Well, and you are wonderful. I mean, uh, and I'm not just saying that because you're—I can see you—and you're an old friend of mine. But you are fantastic in oh, the show, and Chris. There, there is no—I mean that—and uh, also I think everybody loves you so much, uh, and you're such a a, a, a a wonderful character. What do you think? What stands out in your mind as being probably the highlight of being in Coronation Street?
1: Um, the people I work with. It's as simple as that. I mean, I wouldn't have been there for the length of time I have without having a wonderful cast to work with. They're all just fabulous. And everyone who comes and joins is lovely.
0: I actually you mentioned that. I mean, because you have a great relationship with your son, don't you? I
1: do with Jack, little tinker that he is. I have a great family, don't I? Extended yeah, do. family, close family, and uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's just it's just a great job.
0: Now, am I right in thinking that you've been married eight times in the series? <laughs>
1: oh, no, you met me. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um, uh, oh, Chris, no. Ha, oh, no, I haven't been married eight times. You're going to make me remember now. I I think it was five times.
0: Didn't you double up? Didn't you go back with someone who you yes, were married? Yes, I think
1: I married five Chris. times. We'll Chris. But Chris, yeah. I married twice.
0: Yes, that's right. Which is your best storyline that you've had, do you think? That's very difficult, I know.
1: It is very difficult. I didn't realise that there'd been... Quite a lot, actually, you kind of forget about them you 're just working on the one that you 're working on and but i think I think the Hillman storyline has to stand out um, when well, in fact, just a bit before that, the Sarah Lou pregnancy story happened, and um, Tina arrived, and Jack arrived, and we became the family. And it did seem like it was something special. And the first time that, the first time, the first story that I'd thought, oh, I think this is quite important. And from then, it went into the Hillman storyline, which, of course, was was extraordinary.
0: It's the one thing that I, I, I remember really, really well, that story, because I used to watch it... Uh, avidly. Uh, and I, I remember it was just terrifying, especially that scene where he took the car and plunged you into the water.
1: But of course, you know that I couldn't swim when I did that.
0: You, didn't, you learnt to swim though, didn't you?
1: Well, I had about five lessons and um, of trying to get in and out of a hoop. They gave me a big hoop because I had to get <laughs> in and out of the car window.
0: <laughs> oh my God, it must have been terrifying. We
1: were weighed down with a big belt with heavy things in it and <laughs> we were given a mask which we had to take off and we were given oxygen which we had to take out to do the scene so the countdown was three take the weights off two take the the mask off three take out your oxygen action <laughs> uh, <laughs> how terrifying I had to get through this window of the car and swim up through the water. Oh, God, it was so scary. And, in fact, they'd got me a double because nobody thought I was going to do it, but I knew I was going to do it.
0: Yes! yes. Did they have frogmen around the, uh, the
1: car? They did, actually. We yeah, had one each, Jack Tina me and of course the two babies were in there oh yeah and they they came down with us as well so I think there might have been well there must have been one for the children the babies as well but of course the babies loved it they just went <laughs> like water babies and got up to the top where yours truly was going Any, anyway uh i I did I did it and I'm really glad I did i've never been underwater since. But I'm glad I did it that time. Oh, in fact, right. I spent You're quite abs- a lot of time underwater for that episode, as it happens. We were in the canal as well.
0: You actually went into the canal? We went into the awful. canal.
1: Well, it was awful because you can get um, some terrible disease in there.
0: Tetanus, isn't it? No, it's it was tetanus. worse
1: than tetanus, I think. <laughs> What's worse than tetanus? <laughs> <laughs> oh, there is something worse than tetanus, but I can't remember what it was. Is it
0: pussyitis? <laughs>
1: Chris, stop it! You're so bad.
0: <laughs> oh, well, you uh, you. I must say, I, it sticks in my mind. It was so horrific, you know. I mean, and those were those were early days of television too. I mean, nowadays they it like happens all the time.
1: The stunt was extraordinary, and we all yes. stood on a bridge to watch the uh, car go in the water, and it was actually rocketed in. There was a rocket in the car that. The uh, car in up and then into the water. It was an amazing no. stunt. Yeah.
0: My goodness. Well, you were you were fantastic, Helen. We're going to have a little break now, and then I'm going to show you my object.
1: Oh no! Do I have to guess what yes, it is? Yes. Oh, I dread to think, Chris.
0: Well, grab a cup of tea and have a thought. All right. <laughs> Helen, welcome back. Now, uh, it's time for my object. And my object, my clues are, it's a picture of a very important day for me. It was something that joined me with my uh, very special friend who has been my friend for a long, long time. And it's not only was it important that day, but it's, it's been important to me every day.
1: Well, I must know this friend do I? Yes, you do. Um, uh, and is this friend in the business? Uh, no. Right. F- Chris, you have about 300 best friends.
0: <laughs> you're, you're going by my party, my 60th birthday party.
1: Well, and your Christmas card list. <laughs> is it Neil? It is Neil, Oh, yes. brilliant. Oh, I love that. It's Neil. I got it. I guessed. Y-
0: you did. And what it is, it's our day of our civil partnership. Oh, I was there. You were there. Exactly. And uh, that's us on the bus. I hired a bus, if you remember. You did. To take everybody from Hackney Town Hall uh, to Joe Allen's, where we had lunch.
1: Oh, it was uh, a it brilliant was, day. It really was. It was
0: wonderful, wasn't it? It really was very special. And of course, Neil is uh, unbelievable. He's so good. He's uh, he's left now. Uh, British Airways, thankfully, because he hated it. Uh, and his new job. He's got a new job. Did, did we tell you? About no, new
1: job? you didn't.
0: It, it's marvelous. His carer to me.
1: Yes, I know. <laughs> Have, has he got a badge?
0: Nurse Ratchet. We call him here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> because I know that Trevor wanted to get a badge saying Carer and he was going to wear it for me.
0: <laughs> Brilliant. It was such a wonderful day, that, wasn't oh,
1: it? Oh, wasn't it wonderful? So much fun, yeah. so much happiness. I'm so glad I was there. Thank you for inviting oh, me. Oh, well,
0: you're very special. And we didn't have that many, if you remember. No, you didn't. And uh, But what was what has been wonderful, you know, is the fact that... Uh, in these times, it's it's really good to have a partner like you and Trevor being together. And you've had your ups and downs with relationships, and then eventually, at a certain age, you find your your soulmate, which is wonderful. Which is exactly what I did with Neil, and it, it's been marvelous, and we've been together now. I mean, I can't remember. Could you remember how long ago that was? We got
1: it's a long time ago.
0: I think it's about twenty three years. Is it twenty three? years? Is it? Ago?
1: I I might have gone back further than that. You would know yes, um, better than me.
0: No, I, well, I, I don't. Neil would know. I mean, I should shout and ask you, but I won't. Uh, but it was a, it was, it was a great day, and we had. Uh, so, so but you'd bus, been with uh,
1: him a long time before. Yes,
0: we had, we had. Uh, but when we went to Hackney Town Hall, we went to Hackney Town Hall when we were uh, civil partnershiped, and we said, "Now, where can we get civil partnerships?" And they said, "Well, here, of course." And like, we said. What, here? Hackney Town Hall? And we were very sort of reluctant, and they said, no, please, come to us, come to us. So that's... And, of course, they were wonderful on the day. They were marvellous. And we had... uh, You can't have any religious uh, section of it, but we did have Peter Delaney, our victim friend. Yes. And he he said a few words, and I think Anthony and... Was it it Anthony and Patricia Hodge who said... Who, who, who said a few words. Yes, they did. Which was which was wonderful. Uh, and it was a very special day. And the lunch was wonderful afterwards. And so, Helen, we come now to your third and last item.
1: Yes, this is it. I'm holding it now. And the uh, clues are... You didn't just use one word clues. You used whole sentences. But anyway, never right. mind. Um, right. <laughs> my, I was told one word. And so my three one words are monochrome.
0: Black and white.
1: Inspiring. Right. So it's something that stayed with me through my life. And the third one is mechanical.
0: Well, I would think that black and white and I would think it's a photograph. It certainly is. Uh, but the mecha- uh, the last clue. I'm not quite sure what you mean by that. It's mechanical.
1: Shall I tell you the story? Please do. When I was about, I'm looking at the photo now, and I think I was about three or four. I had a ride with my brother on an elephant, and I was so enamoured with this elephant it started my lifelong love affair ah, with brilliant. elephants. And I always remembered this elephant has been real and that I had a ride on it. And I lost this photograph and refound it about 15 years ago, if that. And I was looking at the photo and I said, it's not a real elephant. It's mechanical. <laughs> 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 and I'd spent my life thinking I, I thinking rode was a, a, on a real rea- elephant. A real elephant. Yes. And, of course, I can't ride on a real <laughs> elephant now because it's not the thing to do to ride on a real elephant. So um, I'm going to show you the picture. I hope you can see me. I'm only a little tot.
0: Oh, my goodness, that's absolutely... And it looks real, doesn't it? It
1: looks so real, and I thought it was. I was three years old and that was... Oh, and I've forgotten to tell you because I've just forgotten, I've just remembered that up until then I had a dummy and I loved him so (laughs) much I gave him my dummy. Oh. And he took... And I never used a dummy again. I gave it to the elephant.
0: Oh, that's a wonderful story, but you're still you're still looking after elephants, aren't you?
1: Yes, indeed, yes and and also uh, any animal that needs looking after. In fact, I'm looking after at the moment um, a rhinoceros with um, the White Lime Foundation, and a book is at the moment going to press about Munu, the blind rhinoceros. And it's a lovely. It's a real story. It's a true story, and it's one. And it's coming out as a children's book soon, I think.
0: And where was uh, where was Mooney like located?
1: Well, uh, he he was in uh, Kenya safari. Um, zoo, but he's now been re removed to safe housing. He has round the clock attention and security because he's blind. And, uh, but he's doing what he's learning things like walking, you know, feeling his way around his boona. And, uh, he's such a clever rhinoceros.
0: It is wonderful, isn't it? How a- animals have a another instinct, which I think we have, but not quite as clever as animals. Somehow. No,
1: he's just—he's absolutely lovely, and and hopefully he's a very rare um, black rhino subspecies, and uh, the hope is that he will be able to uh, have uh, babies. Well, he's male, but. <laughs> we're hoping it's a miracle it's a miracle we'll certainly write a story about that but no he is going to um have babies hopefully who will continue this species
0: well to give you a plug what what, if people want to donate towards your charity what do they do Oh,
1: it's the white lion foundation and you can just go online to it and uh, it's got lots of lovely things on there um, uh, turtles and all all sorts of things that uh, Shirley Galligan the uh, who runs the the charity protects
0: do you, do you now take Trevor out there to see the animals
1: if moonu has babies
0: <laughs> or, <Yes. laughs>
1: or if he manages to sire babies then he will have to go. Yes.
0: Yes. Yes. Oh, what's well, really something to look forward to. Yes. Helen, it's been a joy talking to you. It really has. I mean, as a, a, an old, old friend. And, you know, it's so interesting when you feel you've known someone for a long time, you don't know them as well as you chat like this. I mean, when do we get a chance to chat like this? We don't because we take we take everything for granted.
1: Uh, absolutely. So we've learnt a few lessons from the lockdown, haven't we?
0: We certainly have.
1: Hopefully we will soon be sitting round a table saying cheers, Chris. I hope so.
0: I think, though, we'll come out of this better because I think this lockdown has been, will be good for us all because I think we'll appreciate what we do more. And I think the good, the good times are going to be even better than they were before. Helen, I love you and I adore you and I can't wait to see you. I
1: love you very much, Chris. Take care.
0: Well, wasn't that fascinating and so good to meet Helen Worth's pussy? She was wonderful. Stuffed and ready to talk. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Show and Tell podcast. If you want to hear more conversations like this one, make sure you follow Show and Tell with Biggins on the podcast provider of your choice. And if you'll be so kind as to tell your friends about this podcast, I'd be ever so grateful. You can also follow us on social media, where it begins
1: podcasts. Goodbye.